Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad to see you here today. It's a great day to gather in, in the name of the Lord and share a time of worship together. And we welcome you. We welcome our guests especially. You're uh, very important to us. We're glad that you're here today and, uh, and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Uh, speaking of which, I have family here today. I, I, I have guests. My brother Mike is here and my sister-in-law Susie, so glad y'all are here. Uh, welcome, and, uh, and we welcome everyone today. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take it, that and uh, fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter comes out every Thursday. It's a great way to keep up with uh, the activities of Community Baptist Church. Be sure to put your email address on there, and we'll put, we'll put you on the list uh, for that. Speaking of some activities that are coming up, uh, I'd like to remind you of just a few things that are, that are coming up. On uh, Wednesday, we are having supper throughout uh, July, and so uh, we invite you to come and join us for supper each Wednesday uh, at 545, and there will be a light meal during July, and we'll pick up our regular supper routine in August. And, uh, and then we'll be having our Bible study, as we normally do, at 630, and we're going to be starting something new this Wednesday, so come and, and join us uh, Wednesday evening for Bible study and dinner. Also, our, um, our youth have just returned from uh, Florida. Did you all have a good time, guys? 
They're giving us the thumbs up there. Everybody made it. Nobody, uh, we, we didn't lose anybody. Everything's good. Glad to have you back. Welcome, and I understand it was a great trip. But our youth and children will be uh, having a swim party at the Crafton's house on July the 27th, so put that on your calendar, guys. And um, also, we're planning a baseball outing uh, to see the cards on August the 16th, and there's a sign-up sheet on the uh, welcome table, so if you'd like to attend that game and uh, go with us to cheer the cards on, then uh, please sign up on the sign-up sheet there. It's great to have you here. It's great to share this time of, uh, of worship and fellowship together. So let me invite you now to stand and let us fellowship as we greet one another in the name of the Lord.
reading. When we are carrying heavy loads, a God who never wearies, give us rest. When we are exhausted from a hard day's work, a God who never wearies, give us rest. When we feel the stress of too much to think about, a God who never wearies, give us rest. When we grieve for ourselves or for others, O God, who never wearies, give us rest. When we think we can't go on, O God, who never wearies, give us rest. When we feel tired from being alone, O God, who never wearies, give us rest. When we feel far away from you, O God, who never wearies, give us rest. When we feel guilty about a wrong we have done, When we are treated unjustly, when we are heavy with hopelessness, good morning. If you will take your scripture, whether it be electronic or by print. Open to the Gospel of Matthew, the first Gospel of the New Testament. Jesus has these words for you today. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
stand, please. Sing hymn number 630. Oh, beautiful, prosperous God, forever waves of will be short and sweet. No. Happy late 4th of July. Everybody have a good 4th of July. Anybody go down to the fireworks? Did you? And they were over and you probably got home about 10, 30, got in bed, 
Was anybody tired the next day? No. No? What? 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 Yes, yes. Well, you know what? When you heard uh, Miss Allie say that reading, all she talked about was, oh, listen to these words here. Carrying heavy loads. What happens when you carry a heavy load? What do you get? Ooh, you do get tired. Uh, what happened? Uh, what, what's exhausted me? Tired. Tired. Thank you, Aaron. I knew you'd be good when you got down here. Look, look tired. Who wants to read it? You going to read it, Lucy? Okay. Let's hear it, Caleb, right? Caleb, come on. In need of sleep or rest or weary and drained. Well, you know what, there is a, um, I think probably Dr. Tim's going to talk about being tired today, but there's a lot of different ways you can be tired. And probably for everybody sitting in here, it's a lit, what? If I, you know what, if I caught a bunny, I would really be tired because I'm old. I don't even think I could do it. But, uh, you did? Well, um. Back to being tired. There's a couple of different ways to be tired. Look, look, Grandpa, come on. There's a couple of different ways to be tired. You can be tired from uh, really working and carrying loads, or you can be tired from carrying burdens kind of inside of you or on your back. So I need Dr. Tim to come down here. He didn't know he was going to be part of Children's Moment this morning. Okay. The very first thing it says when we are carrying heavy loads. You know what Dr. Tim has to do for us? He has to listen to everything inside, inside of everyone in here in the building. When we have problems or when we have a death in the family or when we have a sickness, he carries those loads inside. You think he may need some rest sometimes? Well, sometimes when you're tired, sugar helps. So there's your, that's going to help you carry your burden. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for carrying our burdens. I carry burdens too. You're next. Look here. Mary Rye, come on down. That was not planned. That was not planned. You're next. Come here. Look. Your face is all red, but I will show you. I didn't just write that. See, Mary writes. When we are exhausted from a hard day's work, well, everybody works hard in this building, and everybody is exhausted. But what would you do if your job was to maybe go to a bedside of someone who's dying and talk to their family? Or you get a call and somebody's had a really bad motorcycle wreck, you know what, I, one of my uh, folks that I work with, he decided he didn't want to be on this earth anymore, and he tried to take his own life. And you know who I called? Mary. And she come and prayed with us at the hospital. And he's doing great. He's doing great getting his own apartment and everything. So prayer works. Do you think after her hard day's work, she needs a, a little pick-me-up? You do? Okay. You get polka dots. Uh, <laughs> all right, John Cornelius and Allie, get up here. Now, you talk about tired. Now, 
You guys, let me tell you what these folks did. You know what? Even though they worked all the time, they still found time to be with our youth. And that's a different kind of tired because sometimes when you're people of God's people, like Allie and John and Mary and Dr. Tim, it's easier to keep going and going and going. They left here Monday morning at 5.30, 5.45. Actually, it was 6.05 when y'all pulled out. 6.05. Now, Allie worked last night, all night long, because she's also a chaplain. She does what Mary Rye does. John had worked, and then he went on vacation with his family. He was back one day, and he left again for a whole week. They spent Monday, Monday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday, Thursday night, and drove all day Friday with our youth group. Do you think they may be a little tired? Do you think the reason why they keep doing it is because God is helping them through? Yep. Oh, you guys get a smiley face cookie. Youth, what do you tell these guys for spending the week with you? Thank you so much. All right. You did, well, we're out of cookies. I'm sorry. You know, I could do that for everybody in here because everybody works hard for this church. But let's end this before we all get sugar highs and uh, say a prayer. We'll go back to Children's Church. You ready? Oh, precious God, we feel your presence today, Father. Your strength is amazing. Thank you for carrying our burdens and giving us rest when we need it. God, we love you. Amen. All right, let's go back to Children's Church.
Good morning. Um, I was invited to do the offertory prayer this morning and I uh, just wanted to reflect on it before with you all. Uh, just on, on what we do and why we do this uh, every Sunday when we get together. And uh, the story that comes to mind is uh, uh, the, the poor widow who was observed by Christ of pouring out everything that she had into the offertory. And uh, Jesus made the statement to his friends that she had put more in with the two little coins that she dropped in there than all the wealthy people that had put out out of their abundance there. Uh, so not out of the amount that we give or what we give or the work that we do, but rather the attitude of our hearts. Uh, so if you would join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love for us. And Lord, because of all these things, we are so enamored, attracted, uh, just pulled towards you because of all these good things of you. And out of that, Lord, we, we set out our hearts to worship you in songs and in the work that we do with the youth and the people in our community. But Father, also with our trusting in you. Uh, today, some of us may be pouring something in these offertory plates out of the abundance of what we have, while others of us may be wondering where we're going without this coming week by the amount that we're putting in, Lord. Uh, but I know you're not looking at the amount. I know you're not looking at what we're doing, but you're looking inside and you're, you're pondering and you're, you're able to see what's inside of us, the attitude of our hearts, Lord. So may this, this offertory and the attitude of our hearts, Father, be a pleasing aroma to you, Lord. May it be a, a pleasing attitude, a pleasing action as we worship you in this manner as well. It is in your Son's glorious name that we come to your throne. Amen. Amen.
Tim, that was beautiful. Business writer Dan Miller reveals some fascinating information about Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci was the ultimate Renaissance man, interested in just about anything that mattered. But he had this intense curiosity about birds and how they flew. He studied their wings, he studied their anatomy, and, and he made models of helicopters and parachutes and flying machines well, beyond, well before his time based on their anatomy. And it seems that the very freedom and the movement of birds served as a metaphor for da Vinci's life. In fact, it is said that many times as da Vinci strolled through the the streets of Florence, he would encounter street merchants with selling uh, caged birds, and he would sometimes stop and pay the price for the birds and then open the cage and let them go. Such was his passion for freedom. And I hope as you have celebrated this Independence Day weekend that you have given some thought to the passion for freedom that those men and women had who devoted their lives to creating this nation a little over, little over 200 years ago. <clears throat> and I hope, as you are reminded of Leonardo da Vinci buying those caged birds on the streets of Florence and then setting them free, I hope that you will give some thought to the one who purchased our freedom, the one who paid it all, Tim, by giving his life on the cross so that we might be free. Our text for today, I think, is a perfect example, a perfect passage for this holiday weekend, that we, a time when we might get a little time off and get a little rest and relaxation. I hope you've been able to do that. Uh, this passage kind of reminds me of a woman who opened her refrigerator door one day and saw a rabbit sitting on the shelf there. And so she asked, what, what are you doing here? And the rabbit said, well, this is a Westinghouse, isn't it? And the woman said, yes. And the rabbit said, well, I'm Westing. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's a bad joke. Couldn't help myself. But resting is what our scripture is all about for today. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
You know, I believe that 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 is a promise that many of us need to hear today. And the reason why is because so many of us are tired. We are tired. And we're tired for so many reasons. Some of us are tired because we work too hard. Time magazine reminds us that back in the 1960s, expert testimony was given to a a Senate subcommittee on the subject of time management. And these so-called experts predicted that advances in technology would radically change how many hours people would work in a week. And they predicted that within 20 years, that would have been the 1980s, They predicted that the average American would only work about 22 hours a week. And they said that the greatest challenge will be figuring out what to do with all the extra time that we have. Well, that's been about 50 years ago. So let me ask you, how many of you are wondering about what to do with all that extra time you have on your hands? I didn't think so. In one of her books, Barbara Brown Taylor says that in China, the polite answer to the question, how are you, is to say, I'm very busy. Thank you. And I guess that's the way we measure our success, isn't it? By the level of our busyness. It's an indication of how we measure our lives. And and because we have turned busyness into an idol, we're tired. And some of us are tired simply because we work too hard. And even more of us are tired because we worry too much. You know, to a great extent, a lot of fatigue is is not necessarily physical, but it's mental. Our bodies feel tired not because we've done all that much work, but because our thoughts have been driven, been, been in overdrive, dealing with our fears and our anxieties and our stress. Now, most of us don't have jobs that put a lot of physical stress on our body. Some of us do. But, but you know, that, that mental and that emotional stress, that's another thing altogether. And folks, worry will kill you. Did you know that? It'll kill you. Gordon MacDonald once noted that no one ever collapsed because of the burdens of the day. But when you add the burdens of tomorrow to the cares of today that person begins to sink. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands if, to, uh, if, if you ever feel stressed out because of your work or your family or your health or whatever it is that may be weighing you down. But the estimates are that about 80% of the American population are under at least a moderate load of stress at any given time. 80%. And to a great extent... Fatigue is mental. Have you ever noticed that the people who have the best mental attitude also seem to be the ones who have the most energy? You ever notice that? It's true. Tommy Lasorda, the longtime manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, used to tell a story from his younger days. He was a manager of a minor league team back in 1971 when his team lost seven games in a row. Well, about that time, the sports writers had voted to select the greatest Major League Baseball team in all of baseball history. And by a a vast majority, the honor went to the 1927 Yankees. 
And so one day Tommy's team drug themselves exhausted into the locker room after yet another defeat. And a few minutes later, Tommy walked into to the locker room and saw all of his players just sitting there and their, their heads were hanging low and totally despondent, just dragging. And so Tommy yelled at him and said, get your heads up. I don't want to see your heads down again. Just because you've lost seven games in a row doesn't mean that you're not a great team. You're going to start winning. As you know, according to the recent poll, the greatest team to ever play was the 1927 Yankees, and they lost nine games in a row. And suddenly their heads started popping up and the expressions on their face began to change. And this became a, a turning point for them. This team began to, to win. And by the end of the season, they were the champions. Well, hearing about that story, Tommy's wife asked him, Tommy, are you sure that the Yankees lost nine games in a row? And Tommy said, how should I know? I was only a year old. But it made the point. And it did make the point. That team needed to believe that success was possible. And they needed to, to know that seven consecutive losses did not make them losers. And here's the point for you. There's something very energizing about a positive attitude. And I think that it would be a good thing to remind ourselves from time to time that our faith is something very positive. That's why we call it the gospel. That word gospel means good news. And my friends, we are loved by God. And our God has, has good things in store for those of us who, who love God. And that, indeed, is good news for all of us. A few years ago, an interesting experiment was, was conducted. A, a large group of people were asked to record everything that came to their minds. For a year and a half, they did this. Their diary, their daily diary would begin each morning and, and, and perhaps if they watched maybe the Today Show or one of those other programs, they would record whether the input from that show was positive or negative. And, and then they were to evaluate everything else that happened throughout the day. And after a year and a half of this, the results were analyzed and it was discovered that 90%, this is mind-boggling, folks, 90% of the time, people received negative input. 90% of the time. Folks, it's no wonder we get depressed. It's no wonder we feel unable to cope. It's no wonder that we feel tired all the time. That old expression is true. Garbage in, garbage out. Well, some people are tired because they work too hard. Some people are tired because they worry too much. And many people are tired simply because they suffer, suffer from sleep deprivation. Now, that may sound obvious, but we need to talk about that for a moment. My guess is that there are some of you who don't get enough sleep to function at your best. And, of course, some of this lack of sleep is due to the stress and, and, and the worry that we have. D.T. Niles, a famous um, evangelist, tells about traveling by train across India one time. And, 
it was a long trip and, and he really needed to get some sleep, but he was so worried about his suitcase getting stolen that he, he couldn't sleep. He, he put it on the rack above, his, above where he sat and, and he kept kind of dozing off and then he would wake up with his eyes on the, on the suitcase. But finally he got so tired that he dozed off. He went into a, a, a pretty solid sleep there and he slept for longer than he expected. And when he woke up, sure enough, his suitcase was gone. It was gone. But here's the interesting thing. After that happened, he was able to sleep like a baby. You see, he no longer had anything to worry about. It was gone. He didn't have to worry about it. He he could sleep like a baby. You know, there's something about a troubled mind that can rob us of sleep. And for many people, this is a serious problem. Did you know that next to alcohol, sleep deprivation is the leading cause of serious accidents in this country? And it's also the leading cause of poor productivity. And of course, we may vary in our ability to get a good night's sleep. You know, some people fall asleep right away and sleep soundly throughout the night. And some people can't do that. I I heard a true story about an automobile accident that happened a a while back Uh, and, and according to investigators, a car went airborne for about 150 feet before crashing through the roof of a home in Derry, New Hampshire, at 3 o'clock in the morning. And it was driven by a, a 20-year-old woman who was later arrested for drunk driving. But this car came through the ceiling of the house and dropped right over the bed of the couple who lived in that house. The thing was right in front of my face, said the, the 65-year-old husband. He said, I could feel the heat from the engine, yet still it wasn't enough to wake my wife. (laughs) He had to shake her awake to get her out of bed. You know, being able to sleep like that, that's a gift. But many people pride themselves on being able to push through their need for sleep. And, and we idolize people like Thomas Edison who said that he could, he, he could thrive on 15-minute naps. And yet we forget about people like Albert Einstein who averaged about 11 hours of sleep a night. I heard about a family who was visiting New York City for the first time and they were, they were just... You know how it is, you know, when we go to New York City from Henderson, Kentucky. You know how it is. They were dazzled by the sights, the buildings, the bustling crowds in Manhattan. And so the the father told his 11-year-old daughter, this is the city that never sleeps. And the daughter's response was, well, it's probably because there's a Starbucks on every corner. And there's probably some truth to that. Some, some of us are running on caffeine and we're ignoring the possible health costs and the productivity costs or even the cost to our overall well-being. And then we come to these words from Jesus. Come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke Upon you and learn from me, for I, I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, 
and my burden is light. My friends, our greatest need is to relax and trust God. You remember the Greek mythological figure Atlas? In the myth, Atlas offended Zeus, the the king of the gods. and, And for punishment, Zeus made Atlas carry the weight of the world for all eternity, literally on his shoulders. Harold Kushner said that Atlas was condemned to carry the weight of the entire world on his shoulders. That was the... That was as harsh a punishment as the ancient Greek mind could conjure up. But today it seems that we have volunteered to play the role of Atlas. We have not offended God. We have dismissed God. We have told God that we are grown up enough not to need God's help anymore. And we have offered to carry the weight of the world upon our shoulders. But the question is, when it gets too heavy for us, when when there are questions that are too hard for us to answer, and when there are problems that take more time to solve than any of us have, the question is, will we be too proud to admit that we have made a mistake in wanting to carry the world alone. My friends, the most pleasant and useful people are those who leave some of the problems of the universe for God to worry about. We don't have to carry the world on our shoulders because Jesus comes up beside us to help us shoulder the yoke of concern that burdens us each day. Someone noted that The word worry is used 13 times in the Bible. Compare that with the word trust, which is used 126 times. And the word faith, which is used 270 times. And the word believe, which is used 226 times. And the word love, which is used 551 times. And if you want to narrow it down a little bit more... Of those 13 times that the word worry was used, 11 of those times we are told not to worry. And of the other two times, one asks, why do you worry? And the other one says, tomorrow will worry for itself. You get in the picture? Worry is detrimental to our faith and to our lives. Norman Vincent Peale put it like this. He said, sailing to the Near East one summer, I often talked with the ship's first officer, and he told me a a ship riding out a storm keeps going ahead by, the term he used was, relaxing in the waves. He said, the ocean is a tremendous force, and a ship is only a very small force in comparison, but we know how to make our engines adapt themselves to the timing of the sea. We don't drive them relentlessly through the waves. Instead, we adjust our speed to the timing of the waves so that we're practically carried along by the sea. Then Dr. Peel said the, the one, this wonderful technique can also be applied to people just as well as to ships. He said, get yourself in time with your dis- difficulties and then get in harmony with God 
And you'll be able to ride out your difficulties without so much strain. That's the sort of thing that Christ was talking about when he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. My friends, if you're going to insist on carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders alone, then you are going to be a very tired person. So let me give you some good news today. There is one who loves you very, very much. And one who will take your burden upon his shoulders if you will trust him. And I hope that this holiday weekend will find you rested and refreshed. But I hope even more that you will let Christ rest and refresh you every day of your life. Amen. We're going to sing our closing hymn, number 493, Onward Christian Soldiers. And immediately after that, we will dismiss for naps. Let us sing together. to the world, all of you who are weary and burdened, having experienced for this short hour the rest that comes in the presence of Christ. May you go now refreshed and encouraged to seek God's will and to do the work of the one who said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Amen.